Are you ready to start living richer? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Live Richer podcast, hosted by Jamie Catmull, a podcast created for people to challenge and manage their ideas of wealth, culture, and money across the world, bringing you the best personal finance advice to make more, save more, and live richer. Now, here's your host, Jamie Catmull. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast today. We have Brian Kelly. He's the founder of The Points Guy, and he's been helping people track their points, get points, and travel like millionaires for a long time for free. And I'm super excited to have him here with me today to give us some tips and tricks and hacks on how to get those points so we too can travel on a budget like and why we're traveling on that budget, live like a millionaire. Brian, I'm excited to have you here. Now, how did a man from Wall Street become a travel expert and a budgeting all, travel expert? It's all about the points, baby. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. Um, yeah, it's been a whirlwind career. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was working at Morgan Stanley in college recruiting. So I was traveling all over the US. And this is in 2007, 8, 9, during the Great Recession. And um, I all of a sudden was traveling 50% of the year during the recession when all the hotels and airlines were given crazy bonuses because business travel went off a cliff. So for those of us that were still on the road, I was banking you know, millions of points a year just by maximizing my business travel as well as figuring out that my Amex corporate card, if I paid $95, I was able to keep all the points. So, you know, taking 100 interns out for lunch, corporate card, corporate card, corporate card. So I was basically able to live this millionaire lifestyle on an HR associate budget. And that's really what, what got me started uh, in, in the whole points game. Oh, but Brian, you've been traveling since you're 12 years old. I heard that you tra you actually booked a vacation for your family when you were 12. Now, I can't remember exactly where you booked it or what. Cayman Islands. Yeah. You know what? I was like, I don't know if we have time to do the Wayback story. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> the points, my dad was a traveling consultant in the 90s. And I was always the computer nerd in our house. Like, And uh, when my dad, uh, he came to me one day and said, I have frequent flyer miles. I have no idea how to use them. And so it was 1995. I just read The Firm by John Grisham. And I called up US Airways. I spoke to a nice agent, Deborah. And I remember Deborah, and I was pretending to be my dad speaking in a deeper voice. And I was so nice to her. And she like loved me. And that's actually one of my favorite tips to give people is be nice to airline employees. Because if they like you, they can go above and beyond. They don't get paid a lot of money, but they've got power. So when I see people screaming at the hotel, you know, airline agent or when things go wrong, you're doing it all wrong. Be super nice. And that's when you get what you want. And so, yeah. So in 1995, I booked our family of six when I was 12 years old to the Cayman Islands. And uh, it was basically free and it was amazing. And then every year that was kind of like bonding. My dad would travel for work and I would be the whiz at Barbados, Bahamas, Cayman Islands. Every year we took an amazing trip on the points that he earned when he was traveling. So yeah, it's kind of funny to think now this is my career. Never in a million years did I think that would be the case, but it's a pretty fun gig, so I'm not going to complain. So what did you want to be? I'm just curious. Like, So what growing was up, I thought I would be a writer. So I was always really into story. I have an overactive imagination and I love computers. So I either a computer scientist or writer. I had I have two different sides of my brain. I'm super creative, 
my teachers would be like, go home and write a story about, you know, your summer vacation. And I would come back with the 20 page bound book. Um, <laughs> and then at the same time, I was like a little hacker, you know, in the early nineties on prodigy and AOL teaching myself DOS when I was eight, you know, just cause I was obsessed with computers. So when you look back, I'm like, my passions were technology and writing. So it's kind of like, I think I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Well, I would say so. I mean, your technology on your website to help people track their points is great on the points guy. I mean, that's one of the things I was thinking when you were talking in the beginning, I was like, how was he keeping track of all of his points? Yeah. I mean, there wasn't apps out there to know which card I should use. I think that's the hardest part for people, even myself, is mm -hmm. to keeping track of the points, know which card I should be, do be using. Yep. Should I be using multiple cards? If I am, do I carry all 10 in my wallet? I mean, yeah, it's confusing. It's I mean, very just like, confusing. Yeah. I mean, so just how like do you start? Yeah. Brian, so, I, mean, I mean, the first thing is I'll plug our app, which is free on the Apple App Store. Android's coming out shortly. The Point Sky app, it's the only app that'll give you your full net worth in points. And that's, I think, really important for consumers to see. Because people have a lot more in value than they realize. And that's what we want to do at the points, guys. Let you know your full potential. Okay, great. You have all these points, but how do you actually use them? So our app, when we created it, we're like, let's think about learn. Uh, also earn, how you learn about points, earn points, and then burn them, which is redeeming them. So there's like three sides of the coin where we have our content, we have our tools to track all your points, and then we've got our proprietary tools to help you for example, if you've got Amex or Chase points, you can transfer them to a number of different partners. And for the average person, myself included, it's overwhelming all the different options. Do I redeem for gift cards? Do I redeem for travel through the airline or hotels? You know, there's a lot of different options. So the Point Sky app is really there to help you. Uh, and also, if you attach your credit cards, we'll be able to tell you if you're missing out on rewards, right? You should be putting this, your gas expenditures on this card, your dining on that. So um, it's really, it still can be confusing, but once you kind of get your strategy together, the rewards are incredible. I, I think you said somewhere that I read that you never use cash anymore because first uh, of all, cash yeah. isn't safe. You said, you know, you don't, if yep. you got robbed, it's gone forever. But if you have your credit mm -hmm. card, you, get, you know, you'll get that back. card. It's annoying, but you'll get your money back. If you get $1,000 stolen out of your wallet, tough luck. Or even, you know, your debit card sometimes, you know, it's not even protected. And also I will say using credit cards these days, especially with travel, what most people don't realize, and I want everyone listening now, book travel, book your flights, your hotels on credit cards that offer trip interruption, delay, and cancellation coverage. Because what's happening in the travel world is that airlines are melting down. Your flights are going to get canceled. You're going to get stuck with an overnight hotel stay at some point. And what people don't realize is that airlines won't give you a penny. If you beg and scream, maybe they'll give you a coupon voucher at a Motel 6. Where you get money from is the credit card companies. All of them are vying for your business. Not only are they going to give you points for booking travel, but a lot of them, if your flight's delayed over three, four, five hours, they'll cover up to $1,000 per person in these extra costs. You're in Iceland and your airline goes bust, like happened to a lot of people a couple of years ago with this Wow Air, the cheap airline. When your airline goes bust, good luck getting home. It's on you, unless you used a credit card that offers protection. And you know whether it's car rental insurance, a lot of car, a lot of credit cards have that. So when you're traveling this summer, everyone look at the perks that come with your credit card, and make sure you're booking your travels because when things go awry, you go to your credit card company for the compensation. 
Because the airlines, if you're lucky, at most will give you a refund of the original price. Because this just happened. I mean, my, my brother was coming to, him and my sister were coming to a funeral of a family member that just passed away two weeks ago. They were getting on the plane to come here. They sat, then they just said, your flight is canceled. And they go, well, can we hurry and get on tomorrow morning? And they said, no. And all those flights are booked. You're d- sorry. We don't have enough pilots mm-hmm. or they've done too many hours. We can't fly your plane. So they were just out of luck completely. Yep. So in that type of situation here, they were flying with the Allegiant, I will say, mm-hmm. Allegiant Air. That happens a lot with people when you go with these cheaper flights because they're living in Idaho. But what, what could have they done? I mean, they did buy it with a credit card. Was there a specific yep. credit card? I mean, you just brought this up and this isn't just happening to them. I talked to other people where... Just like you said, their flights are getting canceled because there's a shortage of pilots right now. Yeah. There's lots of things happening and you're just going to be out of luck. So say, do you know yeah. any brands that people yeah, can go for? Yeah, it's the, f- and by the way, you know, people like to bust on the low cost carriers, but this is happening with Delta, United. I have friends who are in Ireland at a wedding and, you know, United Airlines said, hey, we canceled the flight tomorrow. You got to rush and get on one tonight. And they had to book it from a wedding or else they weren't going to be able to get home for a week. And that just wasn't. So what you can do is, yeah, look at your credit card to see. So A, also when the airlines throw your plans into chaos, at least get a refund. So many people are pre-programmed to think, okay, well, when's the next Allegiant flight out in six days? Uh, You know, that really ruins our plan. We're losing out on all these things. Well, look at other airlines, first of all. So get your full refund and every airline must give you a full refund. It may take a little while. Um, what I would do then is look at using frequent flyer miles and just rebooking yourself. Like know that you will get that refund if your flight flight plans are changed. Do not take a voucher. Do not repeat after me, take a voucher. They They took a voucher. They took a voucher. And then they told them they had to use it within two days. (laughs) Yes. It's ridiculous. The airlines, FAA regulations state that they have to give you a full refund if your flights, you know, if it's over like five hours from the time that you're originally supposed to land, um, also, this is happening a lot. People will book nonstop flights. The airlines will then put them on connecting flights. Do not accept that. Um, you know, and at, at a get a refund, rebook yourself on a better flight. And um, but yeah, look your credit card. You know, Amex Platinum, Chase Sapphires, Capital One Ventures are awesome. Like look up and the points guy. We've got articles best credit cards for travel interruption delay. Every credit card's different. Um, but there's a lot of really good cards out there. If all of a sudden you're delayed two days and you have to get extra hotel, you go to your credit card company and they'll reimburse you because your flight was delayed after, you know, the amount of time that you, uh, originally booked it. So, so yeah, I had I, no idea. I didn't yep. know the credit card companies would do this for me. So and it's free. It's a free perk built in. When you book with them, you've got those extra added coverage. Same thing with baggage. Your bag doesn't arrive. You're in London for a wedding and you're, you got to shop for thousands of dollars worth. A lot of credit cards offer lost baggage protection. So you save your receipts and the credit card reimburses you. Also, what people will be shocked by is when you buy stuff, even when you're not traveling, Amex has purchase protection and so does Chase. My friend lost $300 pair of Ray-Bans and I said, call up Chase right now. And it fell off of a boat when he was on a cruise. Chase took it off of his bill. I did oh, the same I, with the, I cannot believe this. I feel yeah. like I'm an idiot. Like, how did I not know about this? Most so, people don't. And that's why I love my job that everyone look points are great, but perks are where really where it can be at to say. Well, I never thought of these type of perks. Yeah. I didn't even think it was possible. So, 
So make sure you're looking, when you're booking travel, use a travel rewards card and look at their perks. Is that Absolutely. what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and you were su- suggesting, you said Chase Sapphire is a good one. Chase Sapphire, Capital- Amex Platinum, the Capital One Venture, um, all really good cards. And then people will always say, well, what about, you know, they do have limitations. Like if you get sick, some, some credit cards will go above and beyond and reimburse you, even if it's not officially included. Um, but in terms of travel insurance, I'll say don't buy it directly from the airline or hotel or cruise. Always, I go to insuremytrip.com. I have no financial relationship with them in full disclosure. It's just the kind of clearinghouse for all travel insurances. And what the devil's in the details. So if you have a family member, you're going on a really expensive Alaskan cruise, you have a family member who has a heart condition and that could rear itself and cancel the trip, then you want to buy a coverage policy that includes pre-existing conditions. And insure my trip shows all the different policies, what's included, is COVID, is evacuation. And actually, a lot of credit cards, like the Amex Platinum, actually has evacuation medical coverage um, benefits. So if you have a heart attack on safari and you need to get you know, a private jet, that's $300,000. They'll even cover that. So it's, it's kind of boring to look up the fine print. But when you're traveling and things are going wrong so often these days, it pays to understand and use the cards that offer the most protections. Yeah, this, this is a huge deal. I mean, I feel like I've gotten taken because I never used any of my re- like perks that you're talking mm-hmm. about when on these trips. Yeah. I, like you said, nowadays, you never know what's going to happen when it comes to your travel plans. It's, <laughs> you, it's really tough out there. I mean, I would just recommend, I just, I'm on a tip roll. Like when booking travel, do not do one hour layovers anymore. I'm telling you people, air traffic is so congested. There are delays. Even if you land on time, you know, two weeks ago, I was at JFK and waited two hours from landing to, to the gate because they didn't have enough employees to pull the plane in. People were missing connections, going chaos, build in time. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, two and a half, three hours on a domestic flight, if you're laying over in Chicago, trust me, pad yourself. Because if you miss your connection, flights are sold out. You may be on a rolling standby list. So don't try to do a 45-minute layover and have to run across the airport and be chaotically stressed the whole day. Build in three hours. Give yourself the time. Get yourself coffee at the airport in between because the short layovers are just killer. And if you can, pay a little bit more and fly nonstop especially internationally. I've known so many people who have gotten pinged with COVID rules. Even when you transfer Germany, there was a portion of time during the pandemic where you had to abide by Germany's rules, even if you never left the airport. So even if you're going to a country with relaxed COVID rules, people were getting turned around at the airport and had to get oh sent goodness. home. So that's, those it. things have been getting better lately, but bottom line, fly nonstop whenever possible. It's worth the extra cash. I told that to my husband and we just came back from New York, coming back to Arizona. And that almost happened to us. Literally, we wouldn't barely made it to our connecting flight because we got delayed in New York. So Mm -hmm. just same type of thing happened. And if you're going to connect, don't connect through New York. I repeat, do not connect. (laughs) New York City airports on a gorgeous day are delayed. You factor in a sprinkle of rain or wind, it... And also, tip, tip number one of getting out, fly on the first flight of the day. Even if you're not a morning person, hustle, get out of bed, because those first flights out almost always go out on time. So, uh, you know, as you, if you fly later in the day, in the summertime, Atlanta is notorious for storms. Dallas gets hit with afternoon thunderstorms. So, um, 
you know, the, the law of large numbers states the earlier the flight, the, the better chance of leaving on time. Yeah, I, it's a huge deal. I've, done, I've risked it too many times and then got delayed and I had business trips. So yeah. I used to fly um, in the morning to LA to get to work and then I would fly back to Arizona in the evening. And there was times when I, I thought it was the first flight of the day, I would still be mm-hmm. okay and I wasn't. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I just need to pad myself more. Yeah. Like you said, and, you just never know. And by the know. way, you know, there are lines everywhere. So get global entry. For anyone out there who doesn't have global entry, it's $100 for five years. And it includes TSA pre-check, which gets you to the, you know, but global entry, when you come back into the US, immigration lines, there's a shortage in immigration officers. So, and these days they, they got rid of what was called mobile passport, which allowed people to get through quickly without global entry. Now it's either global entry or everyone else, including foreigners. So you may be in a four hour line behind foreigners. There's no US citizen line at most airports. So global entry, you get through in 30 seconds. So it's annoying global entry. You have to apply online. You have to go into the airport for an interview. But trust me, it's the best $100 that gets you pre-check and it gets you through immigration in 30 seconds pretty much every time. And a lot of credit cards, Amex Platinum, Chase Sapphire Reserve, Capital One Venture, they'll actually waive the, that $100 fee. How? It's part of the card perks. Once again, one of those benefits people don't realize, pay for your $100 global entry on, on those cards. There's a bunch of other ones too. The Point Sky, we have a post, best credit cards for no uh, global for free global entry. You pay for it on the card, they rebate it, 100 bucks. So it's free. And there's a trick. Getting appointments can be challenging. However, there's this app called Appointment Scanner. And what it does is you pay $30 a year and it'll find appointments for you because the government will release random times, different appointments for global entry interviews. And they'll email you the second they get released so you can snatch one. Everyone that I know who has gotten an appointment scanner has gotten a global entry interview within a week or two when some people have to wait months because if, if you just randomly check the government website. And the Even appointment the scanner also tips. worked during like COVID vaccine time when none of us could get vaccines. It'll scan automatically. And then, so if you're looking for doctor's appointments and there's nothing, you set appointment scanner to hunt for you. And then they ping you the minute that appointments open up. It's like such a great life hack in general. And so this is with all appointments. Yeah, all appointments. You can set it and it'll just keep hunting and checking and refreshing. And then the second, you know, they, someone cancels, bam, you got it. So it's just an app that I download on my phone? Yeah, it's on your computer. Yeah, you or can set it. Or wherever? Yeah, you set the website what you're looking for and it'll ping you each time. Hey, someone canceled. Snatch this appointment. Well, I like that. That would have been great yeah. during the COVID testing time. Totally. When you're just trying to find some player to COVID test. Refresh, refresh, and then you'd find <laughs> yeah, like, one and it would be taken. Yeah. Because I mean, it was really hard to get one. Oh, yeah. So you could travel or do anything. It was so hard. So we'll go back to the points thing. What do you think is the best? We've been talking points, but what is the best way for a beginner to start? Yeah, the best. Or what's the best beginner card? I mean, how do you start? Like, well, hey, depends. I want to start this. Yeah, I think everyone needs to understand your credit score to get. And there's a lot of fake credit scores out there. You want to understand your FICO credit score. There are a bunch of credit cards that actually let you check your FICO score for free. Um, we have a list of those at the Points Guy. Um, so if your credit's sub 700, if you don't have big credit history, you maybe only have had you know some small cards. You probably want to meet Discover cards are pretty good entry level. Um, you know, Chase Freedom is a good uh, intro card. And those are lower credit profile cards. So you still need a pretty good credit. But the thing is with the Chase ecosystem, you can start with Freedom. And then once your credit score gets near that 700 mark and you've got that history, you can get the Sapphire. I think if you ask anyone in the points world, 
the kind of the Chase Sapphire preferred is like the gateway drug into this whole ecosystem. It's got a $95 annual fee, which is easily recouped by uh, getting a lot of the benefits that come along with the card, like free global entry, which right there is a hundred bucks. Um, you get a big sign-up bonus, anywhere from sixty to eighty thousand points. They kind of fluctuate it from time to time, and the chase points are really good because you can transfer them to partners or you can use them to buy pretty much any flight at a pretty good rate, a dollar. I mean, one point two five cents per point um, in value. Um, on the Amex side, Amex Gold is probably the gold standard for points. You earn 4x points on groceries and dining. And almost all of us spend in those categories. So it's one of those cards where, you know, there's a bunch of other perks on it, like Uber Eats. Um, it's a little bit more expensive of a card, but you can easily get the value back by looking at all the perks that come along with it. And then I'd say the last, and then the Capital One Venture is $95. It's a solid, you earn two points on everything. So my, what I'd say to anyone listening is if you really want to play the points game, you want to be earning more than one point per dollar spent on everything you spend. So in this scenario, you know, Sapphire preferred is two points on uh, travel and dining. Um, and chase points are worth a little bit more than venture points. So this is why you'd put everything on venture. That's not a bonus. And then your, your, your groceries and dining on the Amex Gold. And then all of a sudden you're earning 4X, 2X, you know, you're earning more than one on everything. I think a mistake a lot of people make is I fly Delta. I'm going to get the Delta credit card and just spend everything on it. And, you know, A, you're banking all your points into one singular currency. Delta miles, Delta's a great airline, but their miles are not the most valuable. You know, when you want to fly Emirates, you know, on a special trip to the Maldives, you can't use your Delta points on Emirates. However, if you had Amex, Chase, or Capital One points, you can transfer to Emirates or 25 other partners. So with points, you don't want to just put everything in one airline. Uh, you want to diversify. Um, airline credit cards can be great for perks like free check bags and lounge access, elite miles. But for the average person who wants most value from points, you're going to want to have these kind of transferable points credit cards. Um, and also just calling out built rewards, which is the only credit card that lets you earn points on rent for free with no fees, which is kind of groundbreaking and um, Which one so was that again? It's called Built, B-I-L-T. It's issued by Wells Fargo, um, and you earn a dollar per point on rent, up to $50,000 a year. And those points can be transferred to American, United, Virgin, Emirates. So if you're paying rent, you should be putting it on a Built card because your credit score also goes up when you pay your rent, which is the largest expense for a lot of people. When that's now on the credit card system and you're paying it off in full every month, your score goes up. And you can actually even use those built points to pay for your rent or to save for a down payment on a home in the future. So it's all about diversifying and looking at every expense on your monthly budget and trying to get a bonus for it. I love that card. I didn't yeah. even know that existed. That's not no, been it out just very launched long, this past right? year. And in full disclosure, I helped advise them, and they basically it's a Mastercard. Mastercard waives the fees on rent because so many rent platforms will make yeah. you pay three percent, and then you're negating the value of the points. This no fee annual card, no fee on rent. You earn points on the rent, and your credit will go up as long as you're you know putting that big expenditure on your credit every month and paying it off. That's great. I really like that. I've always thought they should have something you could do with the rent. Yeah, and the fact that you and can get everyone points says, what about mortgages? What about mortgages? And there's definitely a, hopefully a plan to get the mortgage payments or condo fees. But for now, um, yeah, if you're renting- At least renting, got the rent one. We got that yeah, going. Yeah, even if your landlord doesn't take credit card, they'll actually issue a check. So say you have an old school landlord that uh -huh. wants a check, 
built will cut them a check and you still get the points. Oh, was that your idea? Yes. Because a lot of, you know, a lot <laughs> of people really have landlords good. that aren't technologically savvy, but um, I mean, I can't take credit for it all. The, the built team is amazing. I, but I help them put together you know, the, all the airline partners. You can transfer to Hyatt hotels. It's like, it's literally a no-brainer. I like credit cards that are just a no-brainer. There's no fees. You're going to get earned points and your credit grows up. So. so another question I had around is around hotels. Mm-hmm. You know, hotels, I read yesterday, are going up 40%. It's crazy. Right now, 40%. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's extreme. Someone was telling me that they were on a vacation. I, th- I think they were in Florida or maybe it was Austin. It's like $400 in like a three-star hotel. And I was couldn't believe how much it's gone up just in the last couple months. Oh, and yeah. they say it's going to continue to go up. And at the same time, services are going down due to staffing. You know, there's you know, no housekeeping in a lot of hotels. You're paying through the nose. You're not getting housekeeping. You're not getting room service. The pool has limited hours. The gyms are closed. Like it's crazy. And what I recommend to people, if you're staying at a hotel that charges resort fees, which I find to be particularly egregious, you're paying through the nose and then they're going to charge you a pool access fee. Um, What I recommend for resort fees is always dispute them, especially if you feel like you didn't get the value out of the services. And a lot of hotel chains will even let you send a message, Hilton, Merritt, in the app saying, I want a refund on my resort fees. I wasn't able to use the services due to, you know, staffing issues and almost always they'll refund those fees or a portion of them. Oh, well, that's a good tip because it's true. They charge you those resort fees and the pool's closed. It's bogus. Yeah. I mean, oh. all the stuff's closed and you're like, like, are you kidding me? Or you didn't even use them at all. Like and you're like, I just paid access that $65. Fee. I'm like, I have, every hotel should have a lobby. You know, it's like you're, all of a sudden they're finding <laughs> unique ways to like COVID safety fee. It's like, you know, get out of here. So is there a, how would you, how do you go about booking your hotel stay? What are so some things a, now, that you look I mean, for? We're joking at the points guide where it's called the sold out summer. I mean, hotels are selling out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and actually, I have a story to just today. I'm going to Paris in five days, and the hotel canceled my reservation. I had booked through Hotels.com, and there was some sort of miscommunication. And I just I said, okay, well, rebook me. And they're like, we sold out. So they, because I booked through Hotels.com, which they have to pay a commission to, my theory is they just gave this reservation to someone who booked directly with them. And it's such... BS, because if you as a consumer want to cancel a hotel, they'll charge you huge cancellation fees. But then all of a sudden, if they feel like taking a better reservation, you're left. And literally, Paris is sold out, like crazy rates now, booking last minute. So I, as a consumer, even as the points guy, and I love sharing these stories because people just assume that everyone like, you know, I'm treated to free hotels. Like I travel, I pay for my own travels. I don't take freebies from hotels and airlines because I actually like to experience travel as everyone else is experiencing it. Um, so my recommendation is do book directly with the hotels, always double check to make sure that the reservation is still valid. And if you're arriving like 11 PM, the hotel always call earlier in the day, because what happens is hotels oversell. And if they, it's 11 PM and someone shows up, they'll give your room away. It's happened to me before. So always double check the day of travel that you're coming, what time you're going to be arriving. Do not give up the reservation. Um, same thing with airline reservations. If you've got an airline booked for six months now, the airlines change flights, change times. Families, I know a lot of families will book together. Then they change the plane type or you know to a connecting flight, and all of a sudden you and your family are all over the plane, different seats. And it's up until the day of departure where you have to beg the gate agent to get you together. It's really stressful now. So everyone listening, check all your reservations. 
and be annoying. Call the hotel, double check they have your reservation, especially if you book through an online travel agency where there could, could have been some miscommunication like what happened with me. So you brought up hotels.com. So do you suggest people book, just search the web and find the best deal by using sites like hotel.com? Well, I use hotels.com because every 10 nights you get one free, which is essentially like a 10% rebate. So when I say at these cute little boutique hotels that I can't use traditional points, um, you know, I like to earn that 10% rebate. And, but it does burn you because you book through third parties and sometimes the hotel says, well, they're sold out. So they're, you know, hotel, like, think about it from a hotel manager perspective, I can make a ton more money when people come to me direct. These annoying online travel agency, we're going to give them the crappiest room. We're going to, you know, because we want to make more money direct by cutting out these online travel agencies. So as rich as it might be to get points from hotels.com or another one, I really recommend, especially peak destinations, just book direct or book with like a luxury travel agent who has a, like, who has a relationship with the hotel. When you book with travel advisors, and I never did pre-pandemic, but especially if you're going to be spending a lot on hotels, places like Disney, Disney specialist travel agents will get you there at the same price and get you more perks and give you inside access, be able to get reservations. So I actually do think you know using uh, travel agents can be a saving grace these days. Because when things go wrong, you can't even get through to an airline these days. But the big travel agencies, they've got direct lines to the airline. So something goes wrong, call up your travel agent and, you know, instead of waiting nine hours to get through to the airline yourself, you know, have the travel agent do it. So you suggest that sometimes it's good to go with the agent. For like big ticket Disney. trips, for sure. Most travel agents aren't going to take your trip if you're going to Miami. And I mean, they may book your hotel, but like flights and stuff, they don't make no money on. So they make big money on cruises and hotels. So if you're going to be spending on cruises and hotels, you might as well go with an agent who can get you tons of extra perks. And you know they make sure if anything goes wrong, the hotel is not going to turn around a client from a top tier travel agent that gives them tons of business yeah. a year. But if you're some random off the internet through an online travel agency and they've got one room left and it's the client, you're a random person on the internet or from a top tier agent that gives them a million dollars a year in business, who do you think they're going to decide to, you know, show to the curb? It's definitely not the luxury travel agent who would be, you know, punish them by not booking them again with other clients. I totally agree. I've been thinking about that a lot lately since I've seen what you're talking about happen a lot more where things just keep changing on you. Yeah. You think you're got, you rental have cars. Rental cars a is a big one right now. Yeah. You show <laughs> you up get there and, and there's no car. <laughs> people were renting U-Hauls in Hawaii over last year because there were no cars and people were desperate. You couldn't even get an Uber on certain islands. And they're like, you know, literally people were renting U-Hauls out of desperation. That's crazy. That yeah. is so crazy. All that being said, people, don't worry. Travel still is great, and I highly recommend it, but you just can't <laughs> be naive and travel thinking it's 2019 because the, the lines are longer, prices are higher, and guess what? It's all about demand, and even with these prices going up, we're seeing demand this summer will likely surpass 2019, and that's wild thinking that Asia is still closed and a lot of business travel is still down, but people are ready to travel. They're feeling good about where the pandemic is, the efficacy of vaccines, and you know, people have been cooped up for two years. And, you know, last summer, I think it was a, you know, Europe wasn't really open, you know, people weren't comfortable going, but now Europe's on fire. But also, you know, with travel inflation, going to Europe makes sense because the euro is at almost an all-time low of almost on parity with the dollar. It's like a dollar six or dollar seven 
when I studied abroad in 2005 in Spain, the euro was like a dollar forty. Um, so now there's it's almost parity. So your dollar does go stronger in Europe, which is why a lot of people are saying, "Well, heck, I'm going to go to Paris versus Miami when you can, you know, Miami is so insanely expensive, and you can get cheap tickets to Europe, and and the dollar goes further." So that would be why so many people I've talked to recently said they were going to Italy. Yeah. I think when I was at a conference just a week ago, I talked to five different people that were all going to Europe. And yeah. I thought that was interesting. I didn't I don't hear people always say they're going to Europe, but yeah. I seem to hear that more and more. Yeah. And that was um, probably why. By the way, for anyone traveling internationally, um, there still is the rule. I think the government this summer will get rid of it, but you still need to take a COVID test one day prior to coming back to the US which is a major hassle. You know, uh, COVID tests can be expensive. You're running around town your last day of vacation. You're panicked about like, what if it comes back negative? So this is everyone traveling internationally. You can go get Binax Now proctored tests. It's a little test. You put it, you pack it in your suitcase, your last day of vacation, a day before your flight, you uh, basically pull up your laptop. You do a little, it's like a FaceTime with a, proctor who's watching you, you swab yourself from your hotel room, you put it in, they email you your results in 15 minutes, and it's only $25. So don't waste time, stress, $200 on these crazy tests that a lot of hotels are charging, $25 on e-med. And also you decide how hard to swipe yourself. It's someone in India watching you on a computer. You know, you kind of, you don't need to jam the swab into your brain like so many testing sites do, especially if you have kids. I hate seeing kids cry. Like, so you basically do it from your hotel, you swab yourself, 15 minutes later, you've got your test result that is eligible. It works for coming back to the US from any country. So just a tip for people, pack the $25 test, do it yourself and take all the stress away from that, having to worry about it. Well, that's a really good tip. I wouldn't have known to do that. And I don't think a lot of other people would yeah. have either. I mean, that's great. I always ask all my guests one question that I have to ask you, and that is, what does it mean to live richer? I think, I mean, living richly is having freedom, I think. Um, and I think for me, points and miles, especially, you know, before I started my business and was doing well, I did not have a lot of money. I was in credit card debt. And it's kind of funny now I'm the credit card expert. But I do think being in credit card debt and making a lot of dumb decisions when I was younger has helped me uh, understand different people's situations instead of... Um, you know, a Dave Ramsey that just says no to credit cards across the board and has a myopic view. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, having frequent flyer miles gives you power. Like last minute, and it's not just going on vacation to Europe. Someone in your family's sick and you need to get there. Last minute tickets are crazy expensive. To have frequent flyer miles on a dime, to be able to book almost any trip anywhere. If you're in Europe, you get sick. You know, you try changing a ticket internationally, it's going to be thousands in fees. The airline's going to, you know, but having points and miles last minute, you can book any flight you need. So I think having that flexibility, having an arsenal of points where if anything comes up, you can be on a plane for free is a type of freedom. And it, I think you know, having points and miles and knowing how to use them is you know, living richly. Now that you've said that, what's your favorite trip? Out of so, all the places you've gone, what's your favorite? I love animals. As you can see, I've got my panther up there. There's a bunch of different animals. Um, and I love African travel. I've been all over the African continent. And there's just something about 
the energy of, I, it's just like the motherland. It's like, you know, that's like where everything kind of sprouted from. And so I would say South Africa, Cape Town is stunning. This beautiful city with Table Mountain. You know, you go to beaches with penguins, you drive along the coast, you go to the vineyards 30 minutes outside of Cape Town. The Cape Winelands are spectacular. Uh, and then you go to, I've done safaris across Africa and I love Kruger, Sabi Sands, the private game reserve. Singita Labombo is just unbelievable. Waking up with the sunrise, going out on safari, being six feet away in an open top Jeep from a lion on the hunt. I mean, it's just a thrill. And so that's why I think in South Africa, the US dollar is so strong. Um, so once you get there, and now there's nonstops on uh, United, will fly non it flies nonstop to Cape Town and Joburg or Delta. Um, yeah, so once you get there, it's pretty inexpensive. And it's just one of those trips that it hits, checks almost all the boxes for me. What about you? Where's your, where's your happy place? I, I don't know. I don't travel enough. Thank you. I'm, always, I'm always too busy working. I work too yeah. much. I never get to go well, anywhere. And I've always thought of South Africa. I've even had relatives oh, that like live there and I the never food, have gone. And I've always been like scared. I don't know why I was yeah. scared. I was like, oh, don't I don't be know. Scared. Like, oh, yeah. People will say it's dangerous. You know, that's the one thing in the media. It, this is really funny to me that in the U.S. media, you know, we'll make it out. And there's crime everywhere. But I mean, I mean, not to be depressing, but like the U.S., we've got a lot of issues with violence and gun violence. And when people say, be careful traveling, I'm like, be careful going to the supermarket. When you look at the numbers, like <laughs> getting in your car, drunk driver, like you can't live your life in fear, number one. And certainly don't think, you know, people have this view that the U.S. is the safest place and everywhere else is dangerous. And that simply is not true. And it's just like any, you know, any city, like I don't go place in Chicago or New York where you don't know where you're going. And it's the same in, in any city, but I felt extremely safe in Cape Town. You're smart. You stay in areas that you know, and, uh, and obviously safari is the safest thing you can do because you're in the middle of nowhere with, you know, experienced guides. So, but, uh, yeah, highly recommend when it's time for you to well, use your points, I'll help you plan to South Africa. Okay. I, I'm going to, you'd have to help me here. Now, did yes. you take your family or did you go by yourself? Oh, so I, I take my parents who are like my best friends now. We, I've taken them to South Africa. My dad and I were, I actually had a fear of, of heights and my dad and I paraglided off of Signal Hill, which is a little bit smaller than uh, Table Mountain. And I have to tell you, flying, you're basically on a parachute coasting over and we saw a whale breach in the ocean. We're flying over Cape Town. It was one of the most unbelievable trips of my life. Yeah, so my, and we do a lot of uh, peace work at the Point Sky, we support Peace Jam, which is youth empowerment. We, we take Nobel Peace Prize winners and bring them all over the world and do these youth conferences. So we work with Desmond Tutu Foundation um, in Cape Town. So uh, my parents came and yeah, usually every year I do a big trip with my parents, uh, which is like, they're some of my favorite, favorite trips. Well, you've been traveling with them since you're 12. Do you have any siblings? I do. I'm one of four. And... Um, they, I've traveled with them as well. I have 11 nieces and nephews though. So my, I, I don't have any kids yet and I'm 39 and I've kind of prioritized travel first and I definitely <laughs> want to be a dad. Um, so my sibling, I always talk, we're of Irish American descent. So I kind of want to do a, a trip with the family and my nieces and nephews retracing our roots in Ireland. So the pandemic has kind of thrown that for a loop the past couple of years, but hopefully next year we'll do a whole retracing our roots type trip, which I think will be awesome. That would be really awesome, actually. That'd be really cool. 
So I have to ask something else now. I feel stupid asking it, but what? Because you've told me so many things, but I need to know this before I get off this call with this podcast. What credit card should I go grab? Should I grab the Chase Sapphire or American Express Gold? Because I was a person just using the Southwest card, you know, and I got the free flights there and a couple other ones. You know, I did like Costco's credit card, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to do more here. So you're telling me to go out and apply for the Chase Sapphire? I would say Chase Sapphire because knowing that you like Southwest, what the Chase Sapphire will do is you can transfer those points to Southwest or 11 other partners. So it gives you that flexibility. Even if you want Southwest points, you can earn them. And on preferred, you're earning double points on travel and dining. And travel includes Uber, taxi, tolls, mass transit, you know, hotels, cruises, etc. So you'll actually be earning on all those categories and dining, which also includes like Uber Eats. And then you can take those chase points. And if you still want to book Southwest flights, you can book through Southwest travel or transfer okay. from Chase to Southwest. But it also opens up United, uh, Emirates, British Airways, like a whole other bunch of options as well. Um, but I really do think, you know, that between Capital One Venture being a solid 2x on everything okay. you spend, I would say Sapphire Preferred and Capital One Venture are probably the two most complementary cards. Um, so I should, those ecosystem. should be. For the person who's wanting to earn travel and rewards points, the two cards you need to have in your wallet are the Capital One Venture and the Chase Sapphire. Start or now. the Amex Gold. For Amex Gold's 4X on dining and groceries. So if you spend a lot there, you know, it does have a higher annual fee. You know, so I would say make sure you look at the perks on that card and make sure it, it easily can pay for itself. But I would say of those three cards, you really can't go wrong. I feel very comfortable, you know, for most average people who spend in normal categories like that's those are solid cards to go with and it's good to have like an amex you know you get amex offers there's access to different you know events and stuff you know and having a chase card you know having a card in each of the major ecosystems um and then if you're a renter the built card um built b-i-l-t rewards is a no-brainer and then download your app so the I points can guy app my for free. <laughs> Put a little plug in there because I'm thinking I'm going to do that because it's hard to track them all and I can have all my cards in one place to track my points. So yep. I think that's a great idea to help Absolutely. people to organize and great takeaway. And we have away. a feature in the app called Missed Rewards. So once your credit cards are linked up, we'll actually look at what you spend your money on. And if you want, we'll say, hey, you should have been using this card for that. So you get more points. Our goal is to make sure everyone is maximizing their full points potential. That's awesome. Because I think that's, we probably miss out on tons. Yeah, of course. It's just too many, you know, variables and we're all running busy lives, kids, travel, like, you know, let let us, the points experts, tell, just tell you what to do. Okay. I'm going to do that, Brian. I'm going to let you be the expert and help me so that I can travel the world for free. Before you know it. (laughs) And I'm going to be, hey, I'm hitting you up. You think I'm not. Because I am, we're, I'm one of those real animal people. I love that type of stuff. So spiritual. You literally cry. Like there, there are times on safari where it's just like, I'm so fortunate. Like this, the animal kingdom is beautiful. Humans are just so in, you know, insignificant on the whole scheme of things. Like, and I won't be thinking that the Disney Disney World's Animal Kingdom is like the best thing ever. No, and that's like, pretty cool. I've been to the real, say, it is pretty cool. Yeah, but once I, you do a real <laughs> safari, though, like zoos just don't have the same effect. See, that's what I'm saying. So I was always yeah. like, oh, that was so awesome. What would it be like to be in the real thing? So yeah. I'm oh, going to. 
follow Brian's advice and I'm going to go out and experience more and travel yes. more by using my points. I think I've always felt I didn't have enough money or I wasn't, Yeah, a lot you of know, us I was wait that. last yeah. minute. But and points last minute can be very valuable too. If you're flexible, you can use points last minute to go and, you know, fly first class. Like it's, you know, there's lots of different ways to use points. And once you get speak the language, it takes a while to kind of understand it. But once you speak the language, it's amazing. So it's, it comes like second nature. Well, I'm super excited to expand my world. Right now, all I've ever done is the Southwest free but Which is stunningly pass. beautiful. It was I've been only to the Maldives, just... but I've never been to Albuquerque. So you've probably been to <laughs> amazing, like gorgeous places in the no, Southwest. No, I only did it because it was the only reason I did it was because it has the free companion pass. And yeah. so I've done well, that a whole bunch of times. that's an amazing perk, by the way. Well, and for so anyone, I did that yeah. a lot. So the Southwest companion one... pass is unbelievable. For anyone who flies Southwest, you can get it by just spending on credit cards. We've got posts on it at the Points Guy, but it's unbelievably rich you know and and free flights for almost two years if you time it right and i did it that's how we did it yep. so i did it for two years Look so that's you. You why are a, that. you are a points girl after all that's so yes it. i yeah. know how to do that i'm just yeah. expanding i'm yeah. trying to find out other cards and other ways so don't yep. think i don't know some things yes i know those i've been doing that for a long time and i love that and i just wanted to expand so i can have all the adventures you've had so yeah. i could say i'm going to paris yes <laughs> Oh, I love Paris. I, I, can't, I can't explain how excited I am to just get out there and travel this next year. And I yeah. know all my listeners are too. And we appreciate you helping us to go out there and travel like we're millionaires in a lot of ways and get go to those yeah. nice hotels and go to these amazing places we thought we couldn't yeah. because we're using our points and we're spending on our credit cards wisely so that it's actually paying us back as we exactly. spend it. Who doesn't want to win the game against credit card companies and airlines? Like you can, once you're in the points game, that's like, you know, I would say some people like Wordle or crosswords. Like my, I love to sit down and figure out the puzzle of points and getting at the end of the day, you don't just win pride by winning. You win a free trip to like amazing places. So, you know, I can for anyone out there who's like, a- it sounds complicated. Trust me. Once you teach yourself it and get over the hump, it, it's so rewarding. Well, it sounds like it's going to become a little addictive to me. Maybe. It is. It's a good addiction, though. <laughs> it's a good one. I'm getting free stuff and I'm getting to do amazing things and live a richer life. Yeah. And I just want to tell Brian, thank you again for coming here and teaching us all these amazing tips and tricks when it comes to travel. And again, yeah. thank you for all that you're doing and producing content out there that helps so many of us. Thank you so much. Safe travels, everyone. And if you want to follow me personally on my travels, it's at Brian Kelly on Instagram. And we're at The Points Guy on uh, all other channels for the brand account. Thanks for having me, Jamie. You bet. Thanks, Brian. And I wanted to remind all of our listeners to live richer. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Before you go, we'd love for you to subscribe to our show to catch all of our updates. Also, we want to hear from you. What are your burning questions about money and how to live your best life? Reach us at liverecherpod at gobankingrates.com. Hi, I'm Paul Deere, Vice President of Advisory Service at Personal Capital. And this month, we're focusing on tips for navigating the stock market's ups and downs. Last week, we talked about staying disciplined. This week, let's dive into tax loss harvesting. With this investing technique, You strategically sell stocks, which are down, to offset taxable gains within a given tax year. The concept can seem somewhat counterintuitive. After all, you've likely heard the concept of buy low, sell high, 
But tax loss harvesting is a tactical strategy that maintains your market exposure when done correctly. You can think of it like rotating out of one investment into another, maintaining the right portfolio exposure while helping mitigate your tax bill.